The following podcast may be explicit. It may contain references to and examples of bodily functions. It may also contain infantile humor and profane language. It may also contain some useful information about the tabletop RPG hobby. If you find any of these things offensive, stop listening now. What you should not do is give us a bad review on iTunes because you do not like one of these things. Thank you, and enjoy the show. Oh, we had this good idea. Well, it seemed good at the time. Now half our party's dead, and that sure ain't a good sign. So now we're back to character gen, our error we now see. So before we try out plan A, let's figure out plan B. Oh, we had this good idea. You're listening to Happy Jack's RPG Podcast, pursuing the RPG hobby with reckless abandon and beer. So now we're back to character gen, our error we now see. So before we try out plan A, let's figure out plan B. Thank you for joining us for Season 14, Episode 6 of Happy Jack's RPG Podcast. My name is Stu. This is Jib. This is Stork. Hi, I'm Bill. Can't hear Jib. I'm going to turn Jib up. Just give me a second. Oh, I put some notes in the show notes, and they never made it. You must have printed this before I added the notes. I did. Or you, I, I or you printed them after you put in the notes. Done erased them. Would you like mine? I would that one. There you go. Well, Look at that. Okay. Well, I, don't my, right, I don't have the right call you know for the Cause, script. Because I respect your work. My alcohol-addled brain. Talk, talk again. Apparently, I need new pages. Ah, oh, there I am. Yeah, you're oh, in there now. All right. Good. All right. Uh, we got, uh, what, less than a month, probably three weeks until uh, Strategic Con? Yeah. Yeah. Is this Orcon? No, no, it's like a month. Orcon 2015. It's like a month. It's like four weeks. It's February 13th through 16th. Yeah. February 13th through 16th. And I'm going to run the Moment of Truth game because I found all the stuff for it. That's awesome. It's it's in an envelope. I have to read it all because I don't remember it. So people (laughs) are going to make their own characters. It's like an abbreviated version of character generation. And you'll make them at the table. Should take about 10 or 15 minutes to make characters. Come up with your own name and all that shit. And then run the game. And then uh, I'm not sure what to do for a second one. <coughs> I might, I'm thinking about running. I, I like your idea of doing uh, fifth edition. I think I might run a five E game in the same world. But you have to reserve me a spot because I haven't played fifth yet. Okay, so. all right. I um. barely have two. <laughs> uh, I am running I three fate games. Are you? Wow, <sighs> that's all. That's, um, that's a lot of fate. Uh, I'm doing a Fading game based on the Thieves World series of books. Oh, okay. Robert right. Aspern. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and I'm doing a Ravenloft game. In oh, cool! Awesome. And then I'm doing one from my own fantasy universe that mm-hmm. I created. So, freak show. Yeah, Dave and I have finally been able to coordinate. Dave's just been the busiest guy ever. You know, oh, yeah, with his wife and stuff. So babies. Yeah. So I kids. I generated a bunch of stuff and sent it his way, and he's responding soon. I think. So we'll see. Not Why just com- kids, though. Babies. Babies. Babies much more different. Twin babies. Kids. Varmints. Vermints. I'm yes. going to do. Uh, I have three ideas for for runs, and I started writing up my registering. I'm I think I'm definitely going to do the uh, battle for the toy box. Battle so it's going to oh, that right. sounds like a fun game. Right. So that's going to be uh, basically villains from across time, space, and multiple intellectual properties have come together. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a great little blurb that right is. there. That's what I wrote to end that whole thing. Um, and so you have to have the greatest team ever assembled, uh, which is you guys, to go uh, fight them to uh, save imagination in the toy box. So in the, in the unlikely event you don't have enough uh, Infinity characters, borrow Zachary's. He has... He got... 
18 of them for Christmas. Wow, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, uh, but, that, but it's really interesting because I've been trying to figure out what system I want to run that in. And right. I was thinking, am I going to run it in one roll engine? That might be good. I thought about Fate because that might be good. I think Elspeth, however, has talked me into running it in Tune. Oh, yeah. Oh, there you go. Oh, Which yeah. seems like that'd be She's oh, like, yeah. oh, you should run it in Tune. And I'm like, oh, my God. That's why you're the smart one in the family. That's a, that's a simple that would game awesome. to run at a con because you you don't have that many stats to wrestle with. No, you know, no, you have like just one like, ability. What do you want to do? Yeah, right, right. So I'll probably uh, either dig out or find uh, a tune rule book and do that. I'm, sh- you know what? I it's have probably one. still available on uh, in PDF form from Steve Jackson Games. Yeah, I'll, I'll go. Bet you I'm going to go check. It is. Um, I think I have one as well. If you need to borrow it, okay. Uh, so I think I'm going to probably run that in tune. And then the other two ideas I had, one is to do some kind of Star Wars Traveler thing, because it seems very topical. Just the character gen, you yeah. think? Yeah, but does that would, that... yeah, would that kind of bum people out of all yeah. they do was character gen and not get to play? I think so. I think so, too. So I, I think so. I, I, I think give them... What I would do is I would take a leaf from Tomes, who mm-hmm. was running, uh, has been running the series of Savage Worlds games, and the characters are like 98% done, and then he's got like stickers with a half a dozen um, edges and hindrances. And he's like, you know, and right. you know, grab one or two and stick them on your character sheet. Well, didn't you guys try to do a thing like that with Traveler Store? It worked yes. great. We actually had well, people you make did, characters. You did the whole make thing, but yeah. I thought you did also one where they were almost all done, and all they did was the last bit at the end, and that didn't go so well. It, I was in that game. It, it, but it wasn't... Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, that was a misfire. People really, they, we were hoping that they would give them some sort of ownership of the character, and it didn't. Right. All it did was slow the game down and make people mad. I think that if I was going to do the Star Wars Traveler thing, I could also limit the number of people in it that would make the character gen go faster. Well, we like did if I only character had gen like it, three. It, it went or four. pretty fast when all right. was said and done, especially since you've already done it. Mm-hmm. But you, you can make it click along, and then if you just have a short adventure, you know, like I just had them. You, right. your, your job is to get off planet. That's all you got to right. do. Well, I guess the thing too is I could also limit the number of terms they go through. Yeah, right. Like saying, everybody's going to go through three terms, and then you're and then you're going to go out because. Something Otherwise, they'll be here all day, right? Because, because, or you know, so they get. Oh, okay, great. They get three passes through it. See what right. it's like. Kind of be able to make a character who's in their late twenties, mm-hmm. and then that's yeah. the adventure, right? To try to make it fit in that four-hour window. You, mm-hmm. you might do like all of the stuff up to the like the first term because mm-hmm. all the the pre-term stuff that you do, and then do the three terms. And right. I am firmly of the opinion nowadays that. Four is the magic number for, for terms. players in a game. Oh yeah, four. Yeah, oh, yeah. players in a game. Yeah, that in the last the last con I wasn't at, I limited all my games to four players. Yeah, minor four. That's I'm why do I'm the doing same thing. three. That's I'll right. tell you this though: the traveler game where they invented their characters from scratch, they loved it. They loved mm-hmm. the character gen, and when they were ready to play, they all had ownership. They were like, "Oh yeah, we're catastrophe buddies," and oh yeah, and everybody right. was really in on on board and, and set. So right. I think it's it's yeah, a disservice some, not to do character gen. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So if I, so I might do that, and then the last one I thought of, which was the small was maybe um, doing the next chapter in my Grim game. Um, the last one I did was a little uh, ended a little odd, only because uh, they got back through Grim. There was a whole Alice in Wonderland storyline, and they came back to modern days and brought Alice with them. So, which was a, a little unexpected, uh, but I was in from trying to run it, and so I had this whole thing where I was like, "Oh, you know, she's really sad because now." She realizes that she's not in her own time. In her own time, not even that right. she's not. Everybody she knew is dead. Right, and and so she's like, I'm never going to see my mom and dad again. One of the players at my game had recently had an event happen, not to them, but near them, where parents of a child died, 
and I totally forgot that that had happened. Cause it was, and it was very recent, and and I had to get up and leave the table crying. Like, and I was like, yeah. oh shit, I'm an idiot. Right? I felt super bad. Um, but I thought, you know, maybe a good thing to do would be now have the the next grim game would be getting going back through the looking glass and getting Alice back to her own time in her family. Yeah, I think it's a good idea. So I don't know. I'll see. I gotta. I don't know if I can run more than two. Um, also, we're in the midst of trying to figure out if we can't find a time to squeeze in Star Wars, our Star Wars Traveler game at the con. So, we'll see. Yeah, I'm, I'm um, having that problem trying to schedule my campaign games yeah. between now and then. And and we have to make room for the podcast as well on Saturday night. Yeah, so, you know, a lot going on. But it's good. Yeah, it's exciting. I like. I think this con is going to be super fun. I think so, too. I'm taking Monday off, so I'll be there the whole time. Good cool. man. Cool. I let last time I left earlier. I was like, ah, I'm so tired of fat beards. I'm going home. You know what? You know I'm going what? Home we, a day early. You know what I do kind of want to do though. <clears throat> I kind of want to because I got a, a new task cam that like that task cam recorder you have, Stu, the little one. Yeah, the yeah. one you were recording the the the, the, uh, the actual plays. I'll be plan. recording the actual plays and the podcast. I'm I'm thinking about because I got one of those and I'm thinking about using that and trying to find a time to start it earlier, <laughs> but. I really want to record a fiasco game. Oh yeah! Because oh, yeah. oh my god, those are so ridiculous when you play those. Oh yeah, yeah. And I and I get that they're a little bit jet fueled after the podcast, which maybe makes them more interesting. But the only problem is we don't start them until like midnight, and it's right. just too brutal. But I'd love I, at some point I want to really want to record some of those because yeah. we've had just like unbelievable games. The three, two or three of those we've done at Con have been amazing. That's a, a great Saturday night, you know. Yes. Thing to do. Oh God, it's so good. Uh, and let me just say, uh, I got my <coughs> order of um, dice from Easy, Easy Roller Dice dot com. They showed up. Yeah, but it was like fourteen or fifteen sets of of uh, seven dice. Twenty bucks. Very cool. It was nice. Very I cool. I ordered it for some reason. I couldn't get the code in there. I put it in like the little comments, but I looked around for a code and I couldn't find. Oh, it see, that's because you saw. Oh, it's in all caps, so you hit the thing and suddenly you were in lowercase. No, because you keep the caps lock on. No, all the time. Yeah, you do. I do. You do on Twitter. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> that's right. I do. Why do you yell at people on Twitter? <laughs> Stork, why? Because there's a lot of people on Twitter. You got to be heard. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. So many people you're talking to. You got to speak loud. <laughs> But uh, yeah, we well we had some at the at the last game at the Elf. Yeah, game. they sent us the samples. They sent us like two two like one hundred and five piece sets and like four or five bags as samples. Yeah, it was well, and, used and, them and they're, and they're good. They're like complete yeah. sets. They're not seconds or anything. They're like really good dice. Yeah, they are. I'm gonna bring mine to the to the con for anybody yeah. that forgot dice. Like here, pick pick some. I haven't right. touched them. So I noticed in the comments from uh, last week's episode mm-hmm. um, that there was some uh, some defense, some hardcore defense of modules, right? And so I brought I brought in uh, just a random sampling of yes, the modules I actually have in my where's the they're all original right? printing and they're all right they're all really old. Look at that! Like I'm, showing all the, I'm showing all the Google's people. I don't have a light on. I'll put oh, a, I'll bring a light in. Yeah, where's my keep, light? Keep keep talking. All right. Anyway, but I brought in all my like a random something of all my freaking modules. Everything from uh, you know N2 the Forest Oracle. I remember that one. <laughs> and the uh, I have X like I think it might be the whole X series, which was uh, the expert set, which was uh, the Isle of Dread, Castle Amber. Uh, Curse of 
uh, Xanathon Man. and the Master of the Desert Nomads. These are all coming. It's all coming it's back so to me. So great. Yeah, so many memories uh, from those modules. Yeah, so much right. fun. I love this one too. Uh, uh, the uh, the gem and the staff one on one competition module for thieves level eight. Right, you, so you should uh, run on one of those at the con someday. You know what's interesting? Uh, actually, Elspeth said brought up. She said, "You know that might be a really fun actual play is to do a series of like old school, right, and like run these modules with those rules." Yeah, with our right. modern sensibilities. With, with our mo- yeah, with our modern <laughs> sensibilities. That's a really yes. interesting idea. Um, could be pretty cool, but. Yeah, and it's and the thing that's so fun too, right? Is that they're they uh, like when you go through the X series, right? It's like the first one is uh, for levels three to six. The next one is or three to seven. The next one is for three to six, which is kind of interesting. Uh, the third one is five to seven, and then the last one six to nine. So and you could actually say the, like, hey, this is a little like mini campaign. I'm gonna run. Oh, I have a light now. There. And, and light. they all have that crappy and artwork like, oh, that, that looks like Napoleon Dynamite drew it. I mean, look at those things. They're that's terrible. Yeah, but those were that was. Both state of the art <laughs> artwork and state of the art layout. In Larry the day. Elmore oh, was yeah. working at the time. They just couldn't afford him, I guess, for the covers. I don't, I don't know. What's that one? Let me see that one. That what one looks. The... That one's the thieves. The thieves. Oh, that's specific the one. one? Oh. We should run Bruce through that. <laughs> <laughs> I think that would be awesome. <laughs> and look at this one's got like little want. little cutouts and like here's your little yeah, handout stuff. Your handouts. They're still useful. There's maps in there. There's. Oh yeah, know. dude. It's it's crazy. This stuff's great. Yeah. So yeah, I might actually. Uh, I might actually run some of these. I, I wonder if you could just fun. use the, that as a basis and like run a 5e campaign. Yeah. You know? Are any of those written by Gygax? There you go. Oh, I'm going to read some High Gygaxian. I've run a couple of games in in first edition you know, in the last couple of years, and when I sat down to do the first one, I was like, and I'm reading the rules, and like, and we played this game, why? <laughs> and then I ran the play test, and I remembered why we played this game, because it's fun. Yeah, when when yeah. you turn the players loose, it's the game is fun to play, and that's why we did it. So this was, a, but then I, of course I'm digging around in my li- in the library, right? And I pull out a book, and I'm like, I don't I don't recognize this. I don't know who's. Why, how do I have this book? Why is this book? And Elspeth says, Oh, that's mine. She's like, Oh yeah, I think I bought that at Berkeley Press, which is up in the Bay Area, right? San Francisco Bay Area. So I think I bought bought that at Berkeley Press in like. 1982. I'm like, oh, and it's the basic role-playing book, the original, burp. original burp, uh, which for for people that don't know is written by Greg Stafford and Lynn Willis, and Greg Stafford was the founder of uh, Chaosium. It's got the Chaosium dragon and right there. The on Chaosium the cover. dragon on the cover, and the first like iteration. Yeah, and it's crazy because uh, you know I, I made sure I like knew what I was talking about before I came in, but so basically. RuneQuest was distilled down into Burp, and then Basic Role Playing System became the genesis for Call of Cthulhu, Stormbringer, Nephilim, and Ringworld. Right, so everything, all those amazing Chaosium games, and like Cthulhu that we talk about all the time, they're like all out of here. And this is it's like a sacred tome. <coughs> it's insane. It's a original like, copy too. It's like, yeah, it's like sixteen pages or something. It has Elspeth's first character she ever made <laughs> wow. in the back, which I thought was awesome. Um, and this is actually, there was a, a little bit in the beginning, uh, two paragraphs that I wanted to read, because I thought it was really cool. Turn with me now. Turn with me now. <laughs> in the introduction section of what is a fantasy role-playing game, um, it's interesting. It says, uh, 
uh, in FRP, which is our fantasy role playing, the referee has the immense responsibility of preparing a game world and playing it without bias. Most often, he or she will set up a lair of some hostile monsters and bandits, and then he or she will play them against the player characters. It is the referee's duty to make the opposition smart and mean, or there will be little challenge for the players, and they will be bored. But the referee must refrain from arbitrary decisions, even though the players outfight, outwit, and outguess him in the end. I thought it was uh, awesome. It's a very lucid uh, and uh, thought-out argument. And then I love that they also talk about the players. The players also have a duty to play their characters within the known limits of the characters they run. Remaining unbiased is as difficult for them as for the referee. Just because a player happens to be a science major and knows how to concoct subtle and potent compounds does not mean that his shepherd character, without learning or training, can stroll to a game world village and open an alchemy shop. So basically, there's like this discussion about don't be a douche don't when you're GMing and don't metagame <laughs> when you're a player, right? right? And uh, and it's awesome, yeah. What's copyright so, date on that book? Uh, 1980 and oh. 81, but there the original go. was written in 1980. So, All right. it's uh, it's awesome. That's pretty cool. That is totally yeah. cool. So I'm uh, I, that was the that was the treasure trove find, and I was like, man, that's amazing. Brilliant. Uh, that, is that it? That's it for news. I'm going to go on to the yeah. Thing, right. Uh, oh, uh, and I wanted to thank Easy EasyRollerDice.com for sponsoring last week's episode. And what was the code again? Sweet deal. Wasn't Sweet it? deal. All caps, all one word. That's you put a space. No. Oh well, maybe on Twitter. <laughs> You put a hashtag, hashtag first. At the that's end. Why. No, at the end, you put Sweet Deal hashtag, and then that didn't work. <laughs> well, you know, I did go through PayPal and not. And our credit card, so maybe they, I couldn't find where to put the code. I think I paid with PayPal. It doesn't really matter. The, I only paid twenty seven dollars. It was only seven dollars more. So it's still worth it. All right. Uh, environmental hazards in game. Uh, from re- RT from Redacted USA. Redacted, I believe, is in um, Hawaii. But they took it back. Yes. It sank. <laughs> they took it back. Uh, ha- <laughs> Hola, Jacker, ha- Jacker Happies. That's Jacker right. Happy- okay. Uh, I wrote more than a year ago with a story about a new TPK from a slick rock. A near TPK. A near TPK from a slick rock. I think I remember that. I think I remember that. Uh, the, <clears throat> the dismissal of a GM is a horror story in itself, which I'll relate another time. I want to hear that. Uh, since the players dismissed their own DM, you were fired. <laughs> I'm sorry, you are fired. fired. You don't get to run <laughs> games anymore. Right? That's funny. Uh, it, it certainly can happen. Yeah, it should happen more often than it does. I think. Probably, I would See, agree with that. That's the interesting thing. As opposed to we left the game. I wonder if it was get out. We, yeah, we all really like playing together. We you're don't fired. like you. You're fired. Let's find a new GM. I do want to hear that story, but yes. that's it. Actually, you bring up a good point. That should happen more often. The players are like, nope, you're a douchebag. You're fired. You don't and, get, uh, You can't run games anymore. Get, <laughs> get out of get, here. Get on the other side. Of the, yeah. How many horror stories have we heard where? The, the rest of the players were tootling along fine, doing wanting to play the game, and the GM was being a dickhole. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Many, many, many. You know, I, have my, I have my coffee here, but... Uh, do you, do you, you want to warm it up? It with not, not as tasty as the one you found last week? 
No, that one was really good. <laughs> so good. No, but it needs... Need the barrel? It needs the barrel. the barrel. Yes. The barrel. I'm gonna keep Sorry, going. I didn't mean to interrupt. Go Set ahead. it up right. Since then, I've been in a couple other games where environmental hazards were put in an adventure with all the best intentions, but they added nothing except wandering damage and disempowerment to the game. It's a bullywug. They're bullywugs, Pat. Right. One of these occasions was a homemade campaign put together by a computer game designer. Uh, excuse me. Uh, the other was an official 3.5 D&D module ported over from a previous edition. <coughs> oh, excuse me. Edition. The Forge of Fury. It had the exact same slick rock dex check or fall into a whirlpool as the previous shit GM had built in his. <laughs> <laughs> Assertion. And this is kind of what I want to talk about. Lone environmental hazards add little or nothing to the game because they lack the dramatic arc of a traditional PC versus NPC combat. In addition to slick rocks, I include heat, cold, pits to jump over, steep climbs, etc. I do not include any of the above if they add to the dramatic encounter. Example, climbing a 10-foot sheer wall or jumping over a pit while being chased by an ogre. Or fighting on a slick ship deck during a hurricane, assuming dex, dex fails, causes prone status, rather than going overboard. RPGs are about good stories. On your way to fight the dragon, you slip on a rock and fall down into a pit and die. Not a good story. Oh, you failed the fortitude save while walking through the desert to the haunted castle. You're dead. Again, not a good story. <laughs> Love the podcast. Keep up the good work. RT from Redacted USA. So I kind of want to talk about environmental hazards and are there when how how we I mean clearly I think we're all going to agree that if it if it fits in with the with the fiction of the story they belong rock on but, and I don't think anyone's going to have an issue with that nope. but Mm-mm. are there times when you're just in a dangerous place and maybe dangerous and, and random things can happen does that ever okay you're like wandering monsters you mean not necessarily wandering monsters but you're in a dangerous place and yeah. I mean, th- you're in the bog of eternal stench, and right. it, it, you, if you step off the marked path, you're just going to get hurt. Right? Or is that not random enough? I don't think I don't think that's random. I think it's a. I, I I would dig that if that was part of the story. But therein lies lies the thing. I don't think anything should be done in a in a role playing game that's just happens randomly. Everything should contribute to the story. Or why is it there? I, I actually take it one... I'll abstract it even more. Everything has to have a reason for sort of being there. Yes. Not, necessarily, not even necessarily story-wise, but even in the environment. For example, if you're in a dungeon and it's full of traps to protect the treasure, those traps are there to protect the treasure. They're, you know, it's like Indiana Jones. They had all of those... You know, the darts that shot out and the, the weight that and the boulder that came down. It all made sense as part of an elaborate thing to protect the idol. If you just throw a trap in there just to have a trap to fuck with your players, that doesn't make any sense. You know, that's it, it needs to make sense within the context of the environment that you're in. Also, if you have a bunch of traps and a monster on the other side, well, the monster doesn't just like go into suspended animation when there's nobody around. It needs to get around and get out and get move around. So you need to be able to like there needs to be maybe another way around that the monster uses, rather than he doesn't go through the traps all the time. Or maybe he does and resets them. Yeah, I don't. I don't see like I don't know owl bears going right. and saying, "Oh, oh click, click." 
Well, there's that's also the whole kind of weird thing about the classic dungeon crawl, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, what? Like, does the fucking owl bear just like, oh, this is my spot. Yep. I hang out here. I, hang out I here. never leave. Like. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know what I eat. Like, there's like, you know, what do I, I eat? Where do I, you know, <laughs> do you do my the answers aren't there. They're all hanging out. Hey, George, do you want to come over and play cards? You know, and the ogre comes over and the owlbear hanging out playing yeah, cards. And you know, did you guys yeah. hear the noise? Did you guys right, order, back to your spaces? Did you order pizza? <laughs> Shit, hang on. I hope it. Oh, he died in the trap. We're just gonna God eat him anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the pizza delivery guy is actually what they eat. They're like, we don't care about the pizza. We want to eat the dude who brings it. <laughs> that used to be. That was funny. There was a guy uh, spicy uh, meatball that. Uh, Stu will remember uh, who stayed at our house for some, or apartment for a while. Uh-huh. Who uh, I used to GM, used to be GM, and he had this uh, story uh, conceit where all of the, all of the dungeons in his kingdom were built built by the Golden Dragon Construction Company, and you would go in sometimes and see guys there like gnomes and dwarves predominantly just finishing up building a wing on a dungeon <laughs> and stuff right and it, and they would like oh yeah we source you know you talk to them yeah 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 you know we uh, we we source all the monsters and we have um, trap specials like, you know, like like basically if you wanted a dungeon you called these guys and they built your dungeon which is why dungeons got built and that's, how they got built that's see, that, cool that, that's embracing the absurdity of the dungeon it is yeah, it totally yeah which is. I thought was a great <laughs> conceit and if you go if you like go all the way down that road that's fun that would sure. I, I would dig that but having okay, first off, slipping on a rock probably should never kill you in the course of in a game. That's the thing I think that I have a problem with is that is is the stakes of the yeah of the hazard. It's, now if your game is about crossing a desert, then yes, totally the environmental hazards involved in crossing a desert are germane to the story. They should be there. They yeah. should be impacted. Um, sandworms. Sandworms. Running out of water. Running out of water. You know, Tuscan Raiders. Bandits, whatever. But that's because they're germane to the story. Mm-hmm. But if you mm-hmm. just throw in a random, oh, you're walking down a hall and, oop, there's a pit. Well, well let me... Why? Well, Why is the pit there? Why did they build the pit? Because a pit's not an, not an inexpensive thing to build in a dungeon, especially when you have, you know, spikes and snakes and, you know, Whatnot? You know, why is it there? That's the question. Is why is it there? Whenever and Wiley Coyote made a, made a Burmese tiger trap, he always caught a Burmese tiger. Remember, he'd dig those pits and everything, and then you know he'd hear this boom, and he'd jump in, and the tiger was in there, and Acme tiger trap, <laughs> complete with tiger. Uh, but yeah. I think it only caught Burmese tigers. It didn't catch Red Runners. It's funny in my head. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> what? Whenever I throw something random in, because I see I throw random shit in, in games all the time. Uh, random things will happen, and if the players glom onto it, because as they will often do, and I think most of us are probably trained as players to, if something significant happens or something dangerous happens, we try to create connections. We try to figure mm-hmm. out, hey, how does this fit? This why way? did this monster happen to show up here at the worst possible moment when we're in the middle of doing something? Uh-huh. Is this part of some kind of conspiracy, or is this? Did someone send this monster? Does someone know that what we're up to? You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. The players will start making connections. I may not necessarily know what those connections are going to be. I mean, I may have literally just thrown a random monster in, but the players are going to start to turn it into significance, and I'm going to go, okay, that sounds way better than just that table I happened to roll on. I don't actually roll on tables, but if I throw something random in, and the players make a connection, I will make that connection be. Ex- 
make that connection real. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. And, and say, that's a... Co- yeah, yeah. And it's all, it all fits together. It's been happening the whole time. Ooh. See, I think the, the biggest thing is the environmental hazards um, lacking the dramatic arc. I think where that is very bad and the extreme that gets pushed every time is you slip on a rock and fall down a pit and die. You fail your save a walk in the desert console and you're dead. Right? When it right. when it kills you. If you are going someplace really dangerous, right, that maybe doesn't have a dramatic arc and your character's injured, I uh, uh, that could be okay. I think it's uh, maybe that's not as bad. It's when they, oh, your character's dead now. And you're like, "Well, that's not very exciting." But you're like, "Well, we're on the way to the haunted castle and yeah, we're going through uh, you know, th- this desert and oh, uh, you got really dehydrated." Right, your character's injured. You're not at your peak when you get to the haunted. Like so, maybe that adds some into drama. Uh, some that, drama into it. Right? right? Yeah. If yeah. you had a situation where like we're, we have to cross the desert, we've brought enough water, and bandits attack you halfway, and one of your six barrels of busts open, is... and suddenly now you have to ration. So right. now, you, now you guys are going to be at like neg one to all your rolls because you're not quite not completely quite. hydrated. Yeah. You're all you're, you're like just having like. 42 ounces of water rather than 64 or whatever right. it whatever it is and so it's there's a there's a repercussion for it and it matters and it's like oh fuck they're trying to steal our water oh no we gotta have that shit because but don't just kill them outright right well <clears throat> I, I was sitting here as we were talking i was thinking about this nine travelers trying to make their way over a snowy pass and an avalanche falls on them they're not dead Mm-hmm. They just have to go back and find another way. That was Lord of the Rings. Exactly. Right, yeah. Oh, I well, thought I, it was going to turn into the Donner Party. That was, <laughs> that was awesome. That's a different role-playing game not, altogether. <laughs> not, they didn't die either. That's true. Not, not all of them. Not all at once. Not all at once, yeah. <laughs> not the PCs. Well, the party like That's right. that. You don't <laughs> need it. PCs. <laughs> um, I wonder if there's some GMs that may... We're old and crusty, and we started with RPG, you know, tabletop games. So I wonder if coming from a video game world where traps and environmental stuff is very prevalent, they think that that's kind of the norm, and maybe it's because it, it's a fun in a video game. But the difference is you have a pause or a save point that you can go back to. So if you go through and, and get killed by the trap, you go back to your last save and start again, or and disarm it, or whatever. And I have a feeling maybe some people forget that you can't pause and save in a, in a tabletop game. Hmm. And they they're thinking that oh traps are fun in Dragon Age. Why don't I throw a couple of these in this in this you know mansion that they're trying to sneak into? That'll be fun because it's fun in a video game. But you can't go fall down the trap and die. Uh, oops! Wait, there's no pause. Wait, there's no reset. Wait, there's no mm-hmm. save point. That's yeah. it. You're down. Now it's interesting because you brought up the not the not the PCs and the Donner Party example. <laughs> but is there a place for you've got a, a trap or in the desert or whatever it is right and to get across uh and maybe this falls into the dramatic tension part of it right you have an npc die to that like you've got some followers or your sherpa guides or your uh you're you know like oh you all have been given squires or whatever it is and you're in some dungeon and one of them you know uh, walking around the corner like all, oh yes my lord I shall quickly go and get your mount fi- <laughs> yeah and then he's dead and you're like oh holy shit this place is dangerous or maybe like one of the party's mounts like a rhino or something gets like <laughs> That's decapitated a dumb ass idea <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think that I think it's a great idea is to have you know NPC followers uh, 
get victimized by the death trap rather than the player mm-hmm. characters. Yeah, because you got to be careful. You don't want to punish your players for a situation you set up, right? Like if it's snowy, yes. As right, a GM, yeah. you've made, you've said it's snowy. The players have no control over that, and then you're going to punish them by making safe checks every time they move if they're going to slip or something. Yeah, right? right. You you need to be. That's a douchey thing to do, and it may well, seem logical in your head. Like while well, you're fighting, make a safe check to see if you slip every time you attack. Yeah, okay, that sounds great in your head, but that's now you got your players making a bunch of dice rolls against something that they have no control over because you've set up these parameters and it's not fun. I, I, I would be. I, I think I would be okay with that as long as the bad guys have to make the same rolls. Well, sure, that's the true. The bad guys have to make the same rolls, and I would not make it so that failing that one roll kills you. Kills you. Yeah, and, right. and therein lies lies part of the problem, in my opinion, is if you break this trap down to you must make one single die roll, and if you fail, you're dead. Eh. That's for one thing. Spread it out. Make it more dramatic. Make it more pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this is one of the places where I really like Savage Worlds because yeah, you know, you've got the dramatic task thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like if if I've got a, a, a thief character, for example, who's trying to um, break into a chest, whatever, and but that's not one event. That's a dramatic task. There are pieces to it. Right, and if he succeeds in the dramatic task, great. Mm-hmm. And if he and if if he doesn't, okay. And there, yeah. You know, if if you draw a club, then something bad happens, and that's when something interesting gets added to the story. I, I think that if you if as a GM you break that down to one die roll, I think that's where you're running. You're really heading into trouble. It, it needs to be a combination of die rolls and player choices. Yes, mm-hmm. I mean it. <clears throat> If, let's say, let's say take the snowy thing. If you, you you tell the characters, okay, it's snowing and you know you're it, oh, the roads are icy. Okay, we're all going to be really careful when we're walking. Okay, that should be enough for most normal situations. For normal travel. But then it's like, oh, um, there's a I don't know, for some reason the party needs to speed. Let's say behind them. There, okay, you see a, a group of bandits behind you and it looks like they're trying to trying to catch up to you. Okay, we're going to pick up the pace. We're going to we're going to sprint across and try to get past this area and get a run over here. And uh, okay, then okay, now go ahead and make it make a roll now because you've n- now made a decision. You know it's you know it's a dangerous situation, so you're taking precautions for the situation. But now you've got you're you're weighing a decision and you're going to say okay, now we're going to speed up because we have because rather than meet this fight, which you could do as well, we're going to we're going to go ahead and speed up, right? And, and we're going to risk it. Okay, when there's when you say you're going to you're going to risk something. Bring the dice out. Let them have that risk. And if you know, and if there's repercussions, just don't. Oh, okay. Yeah, you slipped and fell and cracked your head open. You're, you're dead. dead. <laughs> right. Yeah, I th- think that it's that finality, right, yes, that makes it, it bad. Is. But there's so many interesting things you could do. You could, uh, like one of the examples that RT gives, right, is if uh, you're fighting on a slick ship deck during a hurricane, right, you go prone, right. It's like, oh, now you're at, like, you there's some kind of disadvantage you're put at. Um, or you could have a series of things that happen, and depending on, uh, I mean, strictly about video games, right, there's uh, a lot of different types of games where you'll make choices that give you pluses or minuses in areas. Right. And so when you get to a further point down the road, because of the choices you made, you now have advantages or disadvantages, depending on what you're doing. I'm playing uh, uh, Beyond Earth right now, the... Uh, the next Civ game, like the oh, space, Sid Meier. right? Yeah, yeah. Sid Meier game. And there's times where, like, you get these. They call they're called like 
uh, it's like quest story choice, and you make it, and it's like, oh, when you do you want to do this, which is going to give you plus one food per tile, or this, which is going to give you plus one culture. You're like, hmm, all right, well, so what's going to be more important to my overall, you know, and so you're making these choices, and they actually have little story paths that grow on those. You could do that same kind of thing, like, uh, you know, if, if you speed up, yes, if you succeed, you're going to be further down the road and not encounter them, but if you fail, uh, you know, then you're at a, a minus, or they're going to catch you, or whatever it is, right? You can have a series of, of these choices that maybe there's two or three of them before you get to the next point, that none of those environmentally based choices killed you, but set you up for what's going to happen next, or right. kind of put you at a negative for what's going to happen next. Like when those you fight those bandits that you talked about in the desert, right? Right? Do you defend the water, or do you defend your your weapons cache? Yeah. And you're like, oh shit. Well, I don't know which one's more important because you can only really stop them from from taking one. Right. Right. And if you Shoot, save the water, you're not in any negatives, but now you don't have maybe all the your equipment. Backup you, weapons your backup equipment. weapons or whatever it is. But if you do that, now you've got all your gear, but you're in an egg one because you're, Cause you're, you're parched. That water. Yeah. yeah. No, I like it. I like it. There you go. But yeah, I think environment, environmental hazards is interesting. I think it's a, an interesting setup because it also gives the players a very different thing to consider than they usually do. Right. It, may, it, it, it adds a complication to the story. And, and that's, that's cool. It just yeah, just don't kill them. Don't kill them outright. <laughs> that's that's for bad guys. <laughs> See, but that's the interesting. Like, so because the and the topic that you wrote down, right? More than just wandering damage. Are we okay with just wandering damage, though? Like, yeah, it happens, it's and this thing happened, and it, yeah, yeah you know. But I mean, it's it, it, as a result of something. I mean, think of like a, a science fiction game where you're in space, and so you're having a firefight next to a large window on a ship. Mm-hmm. There could be some wandering damage if bullets go through that big port, and suddenly there's vacuum. Right. Mm-hmm. And and maybe be, people can get rescued, and maybe they can't. Who knows? Depends how pulpy you want to play that game. Right. But that's wandering damage. Sure. Sure. <laughs> and you also don't want to be the, the an asshole. And say you broke the window. You're all dead. No. But I right. mean, I, I would. Th- there would be a series of of die rolls, and and, and if someone actually got thrown like blown out into space maybe everyone else is able to close the storm hatch or or whatever to mm-hmm. that guy out there he's going to be making some rolls and i would depending on again depending on the on the game i'd say okay yeah one of you can take a life pod out there really fast and see if you can drag him into an airlock before he's asphyxiated sure let's make some rolls they gotta be good yeah yeah mm-hmm. you know yeah and, and the guy would also have chances i mean it'd be it's not the window's blown out. You fly out and you're and you're dead. It's like make a dex roll to see if you can grab onto anything on your way out. Yeah, right. you know, yeah. or, or maybe give them a couple. Maybe okay, you're standing there. You start getting pulled. You reach for something. Okay, you missed that. Okay, now you're by the window. There's a lever on the console. Maybe you can reach for that. You know, give them a, a, a couple of chances and give them something to work with. Exactly. And, and if the guy dies at that point, as a GM, I think you've been fair. What well, and and. You've at that point you've been fair and you've changed their death from being a random event to a dramatic event in the ge- in the story, mm-hmm. and that's really all all a character wants if they're going to get dead is they want it to matter they want it to have meaning. Right. One of the things the game mechanics I noticed in fifth edition D anD D when in the Elderman game that we've been playing is um, the way the death rolls work when you go below zero hit points uh-huh. you have to make is a con check. 
Yeah. I think it's con check. And you either make three or you miss three. It's it's mm-hmm. actually not con based. It's just you make a death check. <coughs> a death check. Right, it's, it's a 50 50 Right, thing. DC 10, right? Yeah, right. It's, it's slightly better than 50% chance. Right. Um, but you're, you're but trying, I thought, I you're thought trying con, con doesn't help you on that. It's just a straight roll. It may it's not. A, it's a straight die roll. It's a straight die roll. It's if it's ten or above, you 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 succeed. If it's nine or lower, you right, fail. You, right. And it's and it's whichever gets to three first. And when, yeah, right. they made it, it. They've made it a dramatic task. Mm-hmm. Kind, yeah. But the nice thing about it is that's like this ticking. What happened? Uh, spoilers. What happened with the the? We had the big wizard. Who was that episode's up now, though, right? That episode. I was is up. listening to it on the way. Right, so if you haven't listened to that episode, yes, stick your fingers in your ears right now for the next couple minutes. Go right. get a beer. So that the, the 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 mage gets knocked down past zero hit points. Right. So he's making his death check rolls. It ended up being a moot point, but every turn he's making a roll, and someone's keeping a tally, success or a failure, and we're watching it as it's going on because. The party would kind of like to, or at least some members of the party, would kind of like to see this guy live because they might like to ask him some questions. So, But there's combat going on at the time. Mm-hmm. So as the combat's going on, you know, these these tallies are going up, and which one's, which is it going to be? It adds a certain tension to the combat. It's like, oh, we got to get through this, get to this guy, and I, I, I enjoy that mechanic. The thing I thought was very interesting in that specifically is that there was an NPC and a PC making those roles at the same time. That's right. Yeah, there were. And if you've really only got the opportunity to help one of them, there you go. Who got helped, right? And I that was, so I thought there was a really cool tension. Not only is there the drama of the clock ticking down with the dice rolls, there's mm-hmm. also the drama of like how we, you know, we got to end this combat soon because we were going to try to save both. Mm-hmm. And if it gets too close, we can only do one. That's really fun. Yeah. That's really fun. It, it adds a the, the game mechanic adds that ticking, that that clock ticking to it. And you did it right as well. You didn't just say you know, it's a mechanic. Just roll the dice, and you know we were moving on. You you made it count in the oh, combat. Yeah, and made absolutely. It have yeah. consequences. Any good stuff in that? Uh, that um, yeah, see, there yeah. is actually um, razor tape. Uh, made an ob- oh. an interesting observation. I think there needs to be less worry about what makes sense in a fantasy story and more about what makes the narrative fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I, I like that. that. I like that premise. Um, uh, See, now we're reading. We're like, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and um, uh, apparently Bevan Flannery says that you're chopping his liver, Bill. I don't know what that means. I, I don't know I, why. I don't, I don't understand that. I'm cho- but I'm, I'm chopping sure. your liver. Uh-huh. Um, and S.B. Lloyd's nice daughter is apparently watching us. Yes. <laughs> Everyone smile like an idiot and wave at the camera. <laughs> All right. Campaign management from Don. Thank you very much for that email there, yeah, RT it was good. from Redacted it was USA. Interesting topic. things. Um, who, who would like to, to read campaign management from Don? Uh, I'll take it. I'll go. Right. Uh, campaign management from Don. Listening to the Jan 12 episode. It's one of the best in a while. Not sure why. Maybe something in the mix of hosts. I don't I remember who. Idea. I don't it, was know who's y- on. it was you and Tyler and, and these two. It was last week. I'm, then I'm sure that's Jan- then I'm sure that's oh, why. Oh yeah, January twelfth was yeah, recent. That's like it was last week. week. <laughs> wow. I'm thinking, God, that's a long time ago. I that's like a year ago. Wow, good we're Lord. just it's. I don't even know what happened for he, dinner last night, let he, alone what we were doing a week ago. Don I mean, does not say what year that is, though. So it no, could have been. Good Who knows? Um, not that the other stuff was bad, but things seemed less comfortable somehow. Anyway, <laughs> this time we were all sitting on tacks. We were. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
things seem less like this. Like last week, it was less comfortable. Yeah, we were all sitting on tap. That's interesting. It made us more intense. We wanted to like. Tyler doesn't like it when you when chairs. you call it attack. He <laughs> likes to think of it at least as a as a nail. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm returning to running a Marvel heroic game that was on the back burner for unimportant reasons, and I'm taking it as an opportunity to prep better. The last few years, I've been playing a lot of Powered by the Apocalypse games, Dungeon World, Monster Hearts, Monster of the Week, and running them on less than 30 minutes prep time per session. That won't fly in MHRPG. Mostly, I'm using Google Documents to keep NPC stats and some disorganized play notes. I know that you're all Team OneNote, but what are your other favorite, possibly old school and analog, possibly not, non-OneNote solutions? Index cards, folders, yarn and push pins, a Word doc, tape-recorded notes to self? P.S., don't judge Pittsburgh by our Iron City. No one drinks that. We identify more with Yongling. Ah, uh, the Younglings. I can't believe that they killed the, the Younglings. Let's <laughs> <laughs> go with that. Yeah, I think uh, is that supposed to be Crosh? Uh, posted a. Is that supposed uh, to be no, Crosh? Drang. Well, that's Drang. That'd be my guy. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah, that's there we awesome. go. That's cool. That's, I'm gonna get to that. Tat- Lloyd. tattooed above my on my small my back. No, like it's gonna be my oh, tramp like stamp. Stamp? Gonna be, yeah, yeah, that'd be yeah. awesome. Ah. Trams, I can't wait. That is hot. That's <laughs> <laughs> because I, I want anybody who tries to get in that there to know that that's dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> you shouldn't go. That's not an entrance. <laughs> what, what movie was it with a guy at a tram stamp? Was that old school? Oh, it was something God. funny. It was probably. Really, it was really funny. <laughs> probably. He like reaches up for something, and they all look at him. Goes, "Is that a tram stamp?" <laughs> like, oh my god, that is so bad. Um, so, some thoughts I had on this. On his question. By the way, I judge Pittsburgh by how shitty the Steelers did this year. Just so you know. That's okay. what I judge Pittsburgh by. Before we st- before we answer the question, I have two tangents. Okay. One, um, Kimmy was on Crucible of Realms. Oh, yeah. Which is Jim Ryan's show. Uh, but I just checked his webpage, and it doesn't show it. He was in the chat room, which is why I was reminded of that, but he has since left. He Son said, fuck you guys, I'm out of here. And I'm like, well, I actually listened to it. I think it was on the Google Pluses. Maybe it is, because I checked their webpage, crucibleofrealms.com, or whatever it is. I think it's crucibleofrealms.com. And there it is, and there's episode 25, but that was from December 31st. So he hasn't put up whatever his next episode is there. Maybe he's not putting it up there anymore. I'm not sure. Come on, Jim. I don't know. Anyway, and the second thing is, I'm thinking about for the next t-shirt I do, to having on the... Because I can have it printed on the front and the back. Is is having a um, a tramp stamp done at the bottom of the shirt? <laughs> oh my god, that's that, so good! Would that be funny? So if you tuck your shirt in, it like peeks up above your belt. Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> yes. That, like, yes. Okay. That is, right. that is fucking genius. <laughs> that is brilliant. All I right. love that. By, oh yeah. One other note about t-shirts. Uh, DT Pints like got a group out of wearing our shirt. Right. He was at rehearsal for for a Les Mis. Right. And he was like, "That's right." Yeah. And I want to know what happened. Is he still playing with those people or not? So I don't hey, know. DT, yeah, he was right in. Let us know what happened. And, and there's still two X's and like. Smalls and mediums. Go to happyjacks.org slash store, I think. Yeah. I don't know. And by, and by the way, just so I mentioned it, SBA, thank you. That is cool. That is yeah, so awesome. That's you, awesome. You, you drank. That's awesome. Uh, sorry. Back to the back to the non-OneNote. Well, in yeah. addition to using OneNote, I keep a journal with me. He's going to go time. down to his... He's, he's actually going to... Yes. Back to he, he brought uh, He brought visual aids. Look at that. That is a definite journal. It's got that a, is a journal. little faux um, leather cover. And it's got, you know... Notes from game prep. It's got notes from games that I've played in. Um, and the idea is I just grab it and scribble down whatever thought just went through my head about mm-hmm. a game or whatever character or, or whatever's going on. Um, and then later I'll add that into my into OneNote, however I'm, you know. Right. 
Um, so there's that. I've used index cards. Mm-hmm. Um, as my index cards are how I take notes during the game because I'll scribble things down on them and just set it off to the side. And that way, things that happen in the game, I have a card for that thing. Um, and then after the game, I'll take the cards and I'll go through them and I'll add additional notes and thoughts to it. And then again, that goes into one note later. Um, the thing is that during gameplay, I don't have time for typing. I just don't. It's just I don't have time to type notes. Mm-hmm. I won't do it. Is what it'll come down to. Oh, see, I, when I'm, I've, I, I'm like all in now. And I, my laptop is in front of me, and I will open a window. I have like the current session folder, yeah. uh, or folder, and I'll say, okay, this is session six. And any notes I take during the game, I'm because I type like eighty-five words a minute. I, I so type I'm, fast. I just I won't think to do it, but well, I will scribble I'm, something down on, a, yeah, on an index const- card. I'm, a, I'm a, at it constantly now. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I've always got my laptop up now right and but i've been doing it because i'm not fully converted over to one note it's interesting though that how we all kind of all end up there no matter where we take notes and i've been right but i but it depends on what's happening in the game because i don't there was a an, in uh, episode four i think it was on the that or that that session uh for star wars traveler like stork fixed his droid and got a piece of information and and you were like well you just want to email it to me I'm like oh no, no no i'll just write it it's faster Right, so mm-hmm. I like, wrote it and handed it to you. And it's really funny because, like, I hope you still have that because mm-hmm. I don't, I don't remember. You what sent me the wrong information at first. I think. No, no, that was earlier. Oh yeah, that yeah, was yeah. earlier. Um, that was fine. That one I have. But like, I gave you info, and then I was like, oh shit, I didn't write that down. Right, and now I don't remember what you told me it was. Right, yeah, oh. I'm like, oh, I better get the back. Um, but it's I, I, ty- I take a lot of notes in like Word, right, and I'll sh- and I put all that in there, and I just keep it in the Word doc, and then I transfer it back. But I've used, yeah, I've done all that stuff. I've used uh, index cards, and I used to actually keep a uh, uh, one of those like recipe boxes, mm-hmm. and I would keep everything in there alphabetically, right? Yeah. And basically, like OneNote is the cool go with you everywhere, like it's always available on my device version mm-hmm. of that. Really, um, I also have a, a little journal that has notes um, from runs, but I tend, I find, I tend to use those when I'm a player, not yeah. when I'm a GM. Right, because I'm kind of keeping notes on what's happening and yeah. and writing it down, and it's really interesting because I think that 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 the the difference is as a GM, I want to make sure I've got exact knowledge of everything as it as it transpires, and I can keep a timeline. There's just so much more I'm doing. As a player, I actually kind of like that I have imperfect knowledge. Sure, right. I'm like jotting down what was important to my character, to me mm-hmm. in that session. And then keeping that, and then I bring. I can always bring that book with me, and I look back, and it's kind of like, oh, what did my character remember? Huh, right. well, I never right. wrote down anything about what flavor of soup we had. Okay, I guess my guy didn't give a shit about that. Yeah. Right. You know, no matter how important it is to, I, the, to the actual story. I like to say it's sort of sad, you know, that... Uh, Stu is sworn off office supplies now because he used to live by office supplies. He loved I going know. to the office supply store, and now it's all in OneNote. <coughs> it is no more I, folders. I went to the office supply store and bought ten ninety nine forms, and oh. I'm like, oh, look around. I'm like, I don't don't need it anymore. I don't need anything That's else. Really so I don't need. Yeah. It's really um, sad. I, I did use index cards. The problem with index cards for me is how do you file them? Yeah, you know, and, no and they try to do them by name, and then it's like, oh no, there's a PC they met in this place. What was his name? And then guess what? I'm fucked. And then they all look alike. <laughs> so you're going through a pile of index cards looking for the right one. Yeah, right. I don't. I like think the index, index cards. card thing for me has two root causes. <clears throat> one of them is I've been running a lot of Fate lately, uh-huh. and I need index cards for doing aspects. Mm. Okay, in right. the scene, so it's like they're always sitting there, hand, and it's right. just handy. Go doop. 
Um, and the other thing is, a lot of times, it's not a note I want to make. It's I want to draw something real quick. Mm-hmm. And I can't do that on my computer. I could right. do it on my on my iPad, because I could bring up Penultimate real quick and go... And, and there. But it's just the index card is like, done. Set it off to the side. See, it's interesting, because I think all those... All those things, I, I I agree that you use them during the session, but then afterwards, I want to put all that. I take that stack of cards. Back in. I script. I go through them and I go, uh, add you know what it, thoughts about things afterwards, and then I take them and I transcribe them into OneNote. Right. They all end up in OneNote. It's just the index card is faster. Right. So it's really weird. Um, and if you go on the forums and you go into the um, the Star Wars AP. Sub form. Thank you, Stu, for setting that up for me. I appreciate mm-hmm. that. Um, I posted uh, a couple, three PDFs that have like all the species you can play, all the all the non-species, all the non-player species and stuff. And then I think I also put up the one that's kind of like for Imperial uh, Imperial March, which is the name of this campaign. Actually, I always just say Star Wars Traveler, but it's actually Imperial March was the name of it. Um, and uh, I go through, and I was using actually Keynote, which is a because I'm sadly incredibly proficient in this program now because it's a presentation thing and it's a Mac thing. Right? It's a Mac thing. Yeah, yeah it's, it's I've it's, got it. It's I like PowerPoint, but yeah. it's on Mac, right? It's used for making presentations, right? right. Um, and uh, the the place that I work, uh, we love presentations. We must make presentations. We must present to ourselves, um, and it's it's actually pretty important because you're. You might go and pitch or talk about the same thing to like thirty-five different groups of people, so you need to have a way to get them through that. Um, so anyway, I've gotten very good with that, and what I did is I used that because it was a really simple way for me to say, "Here's an image, here's text, here's blah, 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 and like put it all into a thing, and then I can save it off as a PDF." But what I'm finding I'm doing now is taking all that and putting it back into OneNote, <laughs> so I can edit more on the fly, See, right? Which is he, really he, fascinating. He's asking for like non-OneNote solutions, too. So I think I'm the only one here that hasn't used OneNote at yeah. all. So so when you're doing your game <laughs> stuff for the con, yeah. what do you guys do? I actually just use, I use folders for each encounter. Mm-hmm. I have, you know, a set of scenes set up, and there's a folder per scene, and maybe a couple other folders that have perhaps um, some extra NPCs or something else they might run into. And then each folder has a little Word doc or whatever typed in, a little paragraph sort of explaining what the scene is. I have the NPCs and monsters that possibly might occur in that scene. I have maps that might also be part of that scene and that way when they get to that scene I'll pull that folder out I open it up and everything's there we um, which is a sensible which you guys show you how to do that in one note. I know except that <laughs> except that I can pull the map out and unfold it and ready to go and he's asking for non one note solutions and, and, right. uh, I mean, the, the one that I that I have had the most success with because the, like the, the cards I could never figure out how to keep them and what to do them with um, Google Doc Google, Google Docs, Docs is what I used before that yeah. and it worked great and I just make I'd have a for the L5R game, I had one document that was NPCs. And it just had names and descriptions of NPCs, what clan they were in, all that stuff. And then each adventure or each session would have its own doc. And then I would have a doc for um, uh, like city descriptions or city places within a city. Each city would have its own. And, and the, you know, I have a folder that would have probably 10 or 15 docs in it by the time it was done. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, the problem with it was... I'd have to put all that stuff out because where we were recording when we were recording in the booth, wireless doesn't reach in there. Right. So I had no connectivity. So unless I downloaded everything or was using it, using the Google yeah. Drive app mm-hmm. on my computer, it wouldn't work. But before that, when I, before I was digital, I just have a notebook. 
And yeah. I just used like a composition book, and that's what I kept everything in. Because mm-hmm. flipping through pages is still faster than flipping through PDFs on an iPad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, one thing that I've started doing with my campaigns mm-hmm. is I've set up Dropbox folders, and that's because I'm doing a, a Pathfinder campaign, and I'm doing a Savage Worlds Deadlands campaign. Mm-hmm. And I do the, we do the characters in Hero Lab for both of them, and I put the POR files, it's a portfolio, for the character in the Dropbox folder. So I, the, the players and I can get to the exact same files, so we're not having to send files around. Oh, okay, so, right. So uh, the players can open up their POR file, do their stuff in Hero Lab, save it, <coughs> and then I can open it up and go, oh, this is what they've done. Mm-hmm. And then I can, can um, save them as a PDF and just drop them into OneNote, and I have a copy of their character sheet right in front of me. As of, like, ten mm-hmm. minutes before the game. That's how Dave and I collaborate Sorry. on Freak Show, is we just have a Dropbox account, and we each add stuff to it. So we check it now and again to see what... You know, you right. always get an update, somebody's updated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you can see what the other person's added. And then that way we can just keep it all in one place, and we both have access to it, we both have editing rights. It, it just it makes a lot more sense. And then when all is said and done, I print all that stuff up and put it in folders. Yeah, I mean, Google Docs and Google Drive is great for that, too, right? You can yeah, open sure. and have a collaborative yeah. document you're both working on yeah. and going back and forth. I know in the uh, in the... the um, Tappy's Traveler game that we all played over Google Plus eventually um, after we were off stick cam was we did a lot of that, right? There was a lot of chat that would go on and then uh, Tappy would grab all those chats and put those up in documents so they were referenceable and then we could go and look at them and then have, you know, whatever other stuff we want to do. So there was kind of this uh, everybody was responsible for this combined set of living documents mm-hmm. that, you know, had that go on. Um which which was which was really good. I think that was better for GM player interaction, right? Whereas I find the OneNote stuff or or any of the other ways we've talked about essential for like how do I keep all my shit together as a GM, right? Which is a little different. All right. Hopefully we answered your question. Just use OneNote. <laughs> maybe oh maybe he's a Linux guy. Ooh. Because I'd probably be the only people that wouldn't be be able to use OneNote. There is a there, lot. Is, there is a corollary app mm-hmm. on on Linux. Oh, there is. Yeah, okay. I, I'd have OpenOffice has yeah. a lot of the same capabilities. Really? Mm-hmm. Regular old OpenOffice does. Yeah. No kidding. You huh. have to you have to finagle it a little bit, but if you're a Linux guy, you're used to finagling things. All right. All right. Well, thank you very much, there. Uh, his name. I didn't, he didn't sign it. Uh, Don. Yeah. All right. And next question. Um, uh, I'll get it. Ro- Robbie. Thanks. And a question. Robbie. Happy Jacks. This is Robbie from North Carolina again. I'm sitting here preparing for what will be the beginning of the end of the longest campaign that I've been part of. Depending on how tonight goes, it will end either tonight or next session in a week. It has lasted just over a year and a half, with right around 70 sessions of about three hours each. That's awesome. That's awesome. Nice. This is the first time that I've ever been a part of a campaign that has actually reached the intended end. Usually it is either a TPK, or the campaign falters and flames out over a break. Thank you all for showing me what L5R is, and providing what has been countless amounts of great advice on how to run a game. No one wants to end this because we're tired of the system. We will actually be starting another campaign the week after this one finishes in L5R, an Exploration Age campaign centered around the Mantis Clan. There are other systems we want to play in. 
but we are sticking with L5R because it is definitely fit what we have been looking for. I know that campaigns rarely meet an actual intended end, <coughs> but do any of you have any success stories of this happening in a campaign lasting more thir- that lasted more th- than 30 sessions or so? What was the game? What part of life? Or when did this happen? If you did have a successful end, why do you think it lasted? Thanks for everything, and I hope this was more than the appropriate length of an email you've been asking for. Robbie. I only had one campaign that ended with an intentional ending, and that was the first GURPS mm-hmm. fantasy campaign I ran, and that ended with a huge pitched battle. We ended up continuing the campaign the next semester, um, but that w- was the end, and it coincided with near the end of the school year, and it was a ma- this, uh, I think they had horse cl- GURPS horse clans had just come out, so we had mass battle rules. And uh, so you want to take those out for a test drive? So. Yeah, yeah. And so we, and that was it. We had this big, huge mass combat at the end of the thing, and that was how it ended. And it was grand. It was awesome. Was I even playing with you then? You weren't. I don't. Think I wasn't in the, the group yet. You weren't in the group yet. No, because that continuation. Not I was in the continuation right because then you had some people leave, and you needed new players, and that's when yep. you took the ad out in the school newspaper. Yep. yep. That's yep. how we actually met. Was you took an ad out in the school in the in the Cal State Long Beach University. It was in the school newspaper, it was a, or whatever it was, that's called. It was called, a note at the, the student union, but it was in the. I saw it in the paper. You took an ad out in the paper too. The actual really? paper. Oh no, Stevie did. Stevie, Stevie one of the other guys in the group yeah. took one out, and I was so like, you, "You were a pickup group." I was. I was like, <laughs> "Oh, I haven't role played in forever. That would be really fun." You know, I'm a I'm a music major at a college, and I don't know how to date anybody. I could just <laughs> um, so yeah, and that's how I joined the group. Yeah, that right. That was the one that was ended right before because I remember you talking like, "Oh my god, it was amazing and epic," and I'm like, well, I'm "Glad I'm joining after that." <laughs> um, <laughs> by and large, <coughs> they kind of just dwindle away. Um, you know, Sturmgeist had a, a like a year and a half run mm-hmm. and then ended because of babies oh yeah um but you know um my deadlands game has been running for almost three years i have lost track of how many sessions we've played but and uh the players show no indication that they want me to want to end it where are they on the character progression thing now do you know veteran no shit wow, wow. it's a long time yeah, they're veteran characters, I think. Um, they might be headed towards legendary. Um, that's the top, isn't it? That's the top. Yeah. And at that point, we're going to have to be thinking about a way to, to wind it up. Yeah, because at that point, else. stats I'm going to run out of out things and... for them to do. Right. <laughs> um, and they've put a pretty sick, pretty big hurting on the on the reckoning anyway already. Good. So. Yeah, that's kind of my experience too. So they just it, it, campaigns just te- seemed to go on, and then they would just either peter out, or we just never got back to them. School yeah. reasons people would move, but I've never actually had one that ended with an intentional ending. I'm sitting over here racking my brain. Other than the odd um, one shot or module, but that's not a campaign. My Pathfinder campaign that I ran back in Alabama ran for two years and came to the end of the game, mm-hmm. um, and it was. I've told the story before. It's a huge fight with the necromancer who was responsible for all the evil in the universe and um, they come up to the big showdown and the role initiative the wizard of the party gets initiative and goes rock to mud oh yeah and right. drops all the all the necromancer and all of his minions <clears throat> into this sea of mud go through that entire round we come up to the wizard and he goes mud to stone right we're done <laughs> Damn. I love great tactics like that I was like and I was just going 
that is just so fucking brilliant. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. yeah. But And you being the wise GM didn't punish your player for oh, being hell smart. No. Oh hell no. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting. I remember the I do remember the end of the of that continuation game that you ran, but that was not planned. It was a TPK. It was a TPK. <laughs> that was not planned. That was not the intended end. That was In a fact, big clockwork thing. That yeah, was right, the right, right. Whatever you do, don't go over here because it's incredibly fucking dangerous, and there's no way that you guys are ready for that. Okay, here we go. <laughs> yeah, that was bad. It was. Uh, Though it did make me immortal. <laughs> it did. Yeah. Also from the Horse Clans book. Yes. We love um, that Horse Clans book. The, yeah, I can't think of when I've ever been in a run that uh, it came to an intended came to an end. Intended end. Yeah, yeah, I know. Muntjack is in the chat room, and that reminds me that um, it was a short campaign. It wasn't 30 sessions. It was probably six or seven was the GURPS fantasy one that I ran online mm-hmm. that ran mm-hmm. to its conclusion. Uh, but it was like a, it was a short thing. It was like a six-session thing. Oh, wait. I lie. I oh, lie. There, There is one that I was in that came to its natural conclusion, but I... I couldn't be there for it. That was Tappies, right? Tappies yeah. came to its intended conclusion, but because of of life, I had to drop out. I just couldn't do the, the sessions anymore. Like two, one or two sessions before we ended. Yeah, I just couldn't do it. But I told him what I wanted to have happen with my character, and and he played my character. But that came to its intended end, um, and. That and that and I'm a, I was very bummed. I was like, I just I just can't like I can't I can't do the sessions anymore. Um, and we were so close to the end, but that one came to its intended end, and that was great. I will say that was seeing that get to a logical conclusion. That was that was very satisfying. See, it's even happening now. We have games that are just dangling, and I think some have withered on the vine. All right, well, we're, we're ever- starting. The moment of truth starts up tomorrow. That's coming back. Yeah. Or is that is the intention to do that like? In perpetuity, or do we have like until uh, fair at least? Until fair, okay. <laughs> After fair, then we'll have to cool, you know, figure that out. But I'd like to run it. I totally okay. want camera on Taylor tomorrow at the start of the game. Why? Because I, I I want this recorded I for reasons. I want it for reasons. <laughs> I want this recorded. Well, it'll be. I don't have any way to do that because I'm going to do it in the, in the house. Right. Set up a, awesome. I might just have to like aim my iPhone camera Th- at him. Do that. When this is going on, because that's going to be brilliant. Okay. Right. Sketchers, dude. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's funny. Today is a big day for him. I was actually looking on the Google Plus. There was a little yeah. note. Yeah. Yep. It's got his thing. That's it, right. That's right. Uh, it's then that's it. So, yeah, that's it. We're going. Yeah. Next. Uh, the Rogue Trader Problem <laughs> Discussion from Stephen from Serbia. Uh, hello, Stu and the Happy Jackers. <clears throat> About the Rogue Trader Problem. First of all, to understand the problem... Now, let me just... Uh, for people who didn't hear last week's episode... Oh, yes. Recap. Uh, the Rogue Trader problem was someone had a game, and they, it ended up having, like, squads or tens of thousands of troops. Yeah, Rogue Traders, where you're on a ship, and you have, like, 10,000 people on your... Hundreds of thousand people on your ship. It's massive. And so right. they would throw... There'd be a problem. they go, like, great, I'll send my squad of 10,000 troopers to go handle that. Right. And that, And even at a smaller level... When, and they were doing a song of Vice and Fire where they all made kind of heroic characters. One guy took a cadre trait, which gave him like ten, ten guys. guys. Ten mercenaries right. so, that follow him around. Right, yeah. and do whatever he, his bidding is. So that's the that was the rogue trader problem was what do you do when you have a player or players that have masses of people, whatever that number is. How do you get the PCs to do something? Right, as right. opposed to just like I throw all my guys at it. So anyway... Okay, first of all, to understand the problem, we must first know the setting. Warhammer is a story about people living in a space, a religious Nazi empire. 
and rogue traders have a lot more freedom to do anything they want. Depending on character roles, each player has stuff to do. Rogue Trader is the diplomatic leader and owner of the ship. Voidmaster uh, is the ship's captain and pilot. Arch Militant is the military officer and perhaps the gunsmaster of the ship. Tech Priest is the science officer on the ship and fixes shields. Psychers have unique uh, unique skills. Navigator and Astropath have unique things they can do outside of combat and in it depending on power choices. I also run a Rogue Trader campaign and my players have tried to send 10,000 soldiers at the enemy. But consider this. In Warhammer, in Warhammer 40k, Universal Alien, Universe Aliens are monsters that can take down a thousand people with just ten to fifteen. I'm not sure what that means. I think that ten to fifteen of these aliens can take down a thousand guys. Okay, that's what he's saying. Uh, now the ship needs people to maintain it. So, out of the 3,500 people for the ship to run optimally, thousand, you, 35,000. I'm sorry, 35,000 people for the ship to run optimally. You send 30,000. 5,000 are just extras, since people die all the time. Now consider that all those people are low-grade workers and have a limited experience in combat or no combat experience at all. So what what is better to send in a fight? A 10,000 level 20 sheep or 5 armed to the teeth level wolves? What is yeah? That's a that's an interesting point. Do you right. send in do you send in your well trained SWAT team, strike force of snipers and, and assassins, right. or do you just throw a bunch of people at the problem? A hundred geese will bring down one F sixteen. <laughs> if you do, if you don't thaw it first, <laughs> one goose will. <laughs> God is my witness. Thawed geese could fly. <laughs> Who knew that monkeys like bananas? <laughs> Hey, speaking of which, did you know there's a 12 Monkeys TV series? Yeah, yeah. sci-fi yeah. channel. I just start. How long has it been going on? I did not know this. Recently. Not, not too like, long. Like, because just I a just season. Saw, not on sci-fi. It was on another channel. They're showing a couple episodes of it. I start watching it. I'm like, this is really good. The whole That whole world, that whole premise is a great idea. So it's neat to turn it into a series. There's a lot of unexplored territories. Yeah. All right. Also, you need, cool. to read, you need to read awesome comics more. Awesome. That's, that? that's Marianne. You know Marianne Butler, who does yeah. The, yeah. So that's the site that she's an editor on, and they she geekily tracks all that stuff. Oh, really? Yeah, like Battlestar Galactica reboots, and the new. There's a new like Star Trek uh, Analax, I think it's called. It was a film that they did. That's in the Star Trek universe. It was all crowdfunded and stuff, and it's got like like big heavy name stars in it and shit. And, oh shit! Yeah, so they she tracks all that stuff. So damn. Um, yeah, there's crazy. There's there's some crazy good stuff going Should on. Put a out link there. to that in the show notes because I, I might want to check that out. Sergito says there's only two episodes so far. Of, yeah, I think it started episodes. in the new year. Okay. Okay. I will have to find. This I'm one. hooked. Cool. Yeah. Good. Yeah. I, I you know I got to go watch. Uh, what was the one you talked about? Like Helix, I think it was, or whatever it was. You Helix were talking about is pretty some... good. I, I watched some of that. Uh, uh, sorry. <laughs> Grimm. Have you seen Grimm? Yeah. I think it's on NBC. Yeah, I watched a little of the on, first season. I'm watching it on Amazon Prime. Yeah. I'm all in on that. Thing. Are you? Hmm. And then, uh, God, what was the other one I started watching? Uh, it was only two episodes. It's like almost like a little mini series. Delete? It was on Netflix. I've never even heard of mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. It is about an AI that tries to take over the world and eradicate humanity. Ah, so mm. when Skynet gains sentience. Kind of. Skynet goes online. Um, Speaking of which, I am so fucking in for the next Terminator film. Really? Oh my god, dude. I, I saw the trailer. And I was watching the trailer for like Jupiter Rising and all this stuff on the call. <laughs> the Terminator one comes on, and it was two things that made me do it. Because one, it's basically... They're they're retelling the origin, but doing a bunch of flipping, like a bunch of weird shits happened. And so you see, is you it a reboot see, you, of the canon, or is it adding to the canon? I think it's like I think it's a 
it, both, which is, uh, sounds weird, right? So okay. it's like it's like the two scenes I saw in the trailer is one you see John Connor in the store. Remember from the original one where he, he comes in, he's naked, he goes into the, like the apartment store, and he goes to get clothes or whatever. You see that scene, not and you're John, like, you mean in the original not, one? That's not John. Uh, Connor, not John Connor. I'm sorry. It's uh, uh, the guy he sent. Reese. Kyle Reese. Reese. Kyle Reese. Kyle Reese right. Yeah. Uh, so he's in the he's in there running, and he's in the clothes, and this like fucking bus blows in through the side of the building. The door opens up, and Sarah Connors, she's like, "Oh, she's like, come with me if you want to live." And I'm like, "What the <laughs> fuck?" <That's awesome. laughs> and then there's a later one that I call. He's like, "I'm supposed to be here to save you." She's like. And she's like, basically, no, things went totally crazy. And you see a scene where it's like that classic shot from the original film where Arnold's there and he's like standing, the whole thing. And then you see Arnold today walk up and fucking like shoot him with a shotgun. <laughs> and basically, they're doing this whole thing where like that, ter- there's some weird Terminator thing that happened. And so you've got Arnold today playing like an aged Terminator because they're. So they've got flash and stuff. Right. So older, and it's and it's That's badass. Awesome. And there's this great scene in the in the trailer where they're he and Sarah are in a helicopter, right? And he's standing, he's like sitting on the side of the helicopter. He's like sitting on the like the passenger side, right? And he's like, "I'll be back." She's like, "What?" And he jumps out of the fucking helicopter and just does that tuck like skydivers do, mm-hmm. and just goes fucking head first into some other helicopter. I'm like, "Oh my god, I'm so fucking in." <laughs> Okay, why is this not on my screen right now? Go watch the trailer. Like, watch this, like, the new Terminator trailer. Like, I'm just like, okay, that's it. I'm I'm sold. You somehow are going to grab, like, all the old school fucking, like, 80s action film Terminator tropes and fans and make it for a new gen. I'm so in. Is it real? It sounds almost like a fan. No, it is fucking real. It is awesome. You saw this in a theater? Yes. Oh, Oh, shit. Yes, and it's on the internets. Sorry, we totally derailed. The the thing that Gina and I have been watching is Black Sails. Mm-hmm. Which, if you want to do something with pirates, this is a fun thing to watch. Uh-huh. I, I grabbed the. Uh, uh, we got it on Netflix disc. Okay, that's yeah, the one I, with Malkovich, right? No, no, no. I've seen a little bit of that one though. That was kind of interesting too. He's he chews up the scenery in that. Yeah, like that was a pirate thing. But yeah, Black Sails. I, I it's so weird. I haven't seen one episode of it, but I have the soundtrack because um, oh god, Kimmy would kill me. The the Bear McCreary, yeah, Bear McCreary did the music for it, and it's oh god, he's awesome. really he's it's really so good. Oh, yeah. yeah, and I bought that soundtrack because I wanted to have something to play in the background while we're doing the Pathfinder Pirate <laughs> that Tyler was running. I like it, and the music's amazing. Bear McCreary's awesome. He yeah. did the Get Battlestar Galactica, yeah, soundtrack. Yeah. Oh, okay, sorry, I, I met him and I geeked out all over him. I was very embarrassed. I know you're like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, let's see here. Uh, also, to all who run large scale combat troops, give the troops group names. Give them XP levels so you can send your top elite soldiers to unwinnable battles because they will die or get to so few that they uh, become become disbanded. I think I understand what he's saying there. Like, like for example, like in Clone Troopers, right? You, you each of the each of the squads had kind of like a little name, and you get kind of attached to them, and they, they right. get XP and they get better and better. And so, the w- Yellow Squad was better than. And maybe you, know. you keep sending the same guys out, and they keep getting getting XP, but then all of a sudden you send them out that one time you shouldn't have, right. and they get wiped, like, or oh. mostly wiped. You know, right. only four come back. Right. And, right, right. They have to disband and reassign them. Losing whole groups can become a uh, can become a big cost, and players will be. Reluctant to sacrifice. Oh them. right, so that's the right. They gain that go. attachment, and you're yeah. like, oh fuck, I don't want to send the yellow squad. They're, yeah. they're my they're my go to. They're right. awesome. And I think what he's saying too is if you give those if you if you give them not only names but like people in the group names, you give yeah. them an identity, right? Then people are like, oh shit, I don't want to send Franklin and Yellow Squad because right. I like that dude. Now it's just a number, right? right. I don't want to send him into that shitty unwinnable battle because then they're probably not going to come back. That's really smart. 
Give those soldier groups lieutenants uh, an NPC to interact with on a personal level. This can become a nice addition to the game. Yeah, and that's right. So there's a face man, and you're like, you know, right. you send them off to certain death, and I feel kind of bad about it. Like, you should. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. In my Rogue Trader game, my arch militant had a trial of... A trail of crew members? A trial of crew to pick his lieutenants. Okay, a, tri- a trial of crew to pick his um, lieutenants. And they became the soldiers tasked to care, to take care of problems. And all it took for me as a GM uh, was to give them sort of a personality and give them a specialization. These were the best equipped, after players of course, uh, but gave players someone to interact with, even though they were at the ship's helm and sipping champagne. This is something I always do when a player acquires a cohort of some kind. This gives them role-playing opportunities. I wonder if you could actually have the players play out the actions of the squad, too. It's like, instead of them just sitting champagne, it's like, all right, you're going to play your, your lieutenant. How, how, what are your tactics? Just to give them one more little, right. little nudge. Oh, that could be interesting. You know? Yeah. Like, all right, so you send your squad. What do you have your squad do? Uh, also for a rogue trader crew, they're pretty much impersonal in all things, but rules uh, have st- uh, the rules state that if a rogue trader does not take care of his crew they, and they keep dying, perhaps they will want to quit at the next port uh, or mutiny. Have half, the, have half the remaining crew, I added that in, have half the remaining crew uh, will quit and since the ship has a bad reputation, have them be unable to hire a new crew unless they spend money at it. This can hurt and will inspire them to watch out and not use Zerg <laughs> tactics. <laughs> also, do consider that all NPC crew... That's actually a really good uh, a good little buzzword, Zerg tactics. Right. Also, do consider that all NPC crews have about 20 to combat, 20% combat skill. And the security force have 30, and expert soldiers have 40. This way, characters will be, almost always be better than soldiers, so making them be with soldiers gives the soldiers the leader adding to their own skill. 20% is a lot less than the PC soldiers, which is at least 35 or more. This is just a quick answer to the road trader dilemma, uh, but can be applied to even fantasy battles. Have a drink and be well. I'll drink my spiked coffee. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. That's it. That's really. There's a lot of great stuff in there for like how to yeah. make the faceless masses of an army have faces. Have faces, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's interesting because you mentioned the Zerg tactics. I'll I'll dip back a little briefly into my history. Like that was a big thing on StarCraft, which was you're going to have these impersonal units, you know, vehicles. A lot of times, how do you give them personality? And that's what led to having the little face and the even when you clicked on them, right? Having the guy be like, you know come up and say stuff, like mm-hmm. the pilot of the ship or the pilot of of a vehicle, right? Be like, oh, because you want a player to have a connection right. to that. Otherwise, it's just a piece you're pushing around on the board. So I, I love it. That's brilliant. And and there is a definite Zerg tactic I remember talking about. I forgot that you guys, there was a name for it people had. There would be basically the ship after ship would unload and just millions of Zerg would just flow Zerging, out. as you'd Zerg, Zerg yeah. rush, you just, yeah. that's what you did, right? Yeah, that, and that's what, that's, what they were, that's what the Zerglings, that's what they were designed to do. Yeah. Right. Like that was the whole thing, right? Is that, yeah, Zerg were about how many can you make, throw them out there, just overwhelm with numbers. Terrans were all about mobility and having balanced units. And Protoss were like, there's a lot fewer of them, but they're far more powerful individually. Yeah. Right, so it's you know, so to just appeal to different tactics to play, but from that thing where uh, you have a game that's designed to say like, yeah, you got ten thousand guys, you could throw at the problem if you want. I like the idea of that that um, Stephen throws out there of saying like, you know, this is this is a way to have you not just do that without thinking about it. Yeah, like oh god, do I really want to put those guys in that situation? Yeah, you know, that's right. really neat, and a in lot of great opportunities for the GM. Oh yeah, to, to yeah. 
In my uh, Pathfinder pirate game, they have a pirate crew. And I said, yeah, they've got like, I think their ship takes, the ship they're trying to get right now takes like 35 guys. And I said, you've got two for, per, per player character, and these are your kind of like your higher guys. Everybody else is, you know, just a schmuck. But these guys, you make them. Hmm. You make those oh, characters, okay. and, and they go with you. Um, there you go. And uh, that that has proven to be really, uh, really useful because like they've all gone. Like, well, this is my guy, and you know these are. And last week we had a new player join, and he made a bard a player character, and one of the NPCs in the crew is a bard. Hmm. And so uh, they they were totally playing with how you know Bruce the bard. Uh, in the crew is very unhappy and put out because there's this new bard, <laughs> right? Who may be better? Who's better than mm-hmm. he is? Yeah. yeah, I mean, you could also take, like, if you have that, you're going to send out the the, the ten thousand troops or whatever. You can make the characters the characters they're going to play recurring characters, yeah, as yeah. Well, so that and every time, okay, every time you guys send out the ten thousand guys, okay, you play Lieutenant Cross and you're going to play Sergeant Smith, as you always have, and you and so when you were making your tactics, not only is there going to be a personal connection from the the players to these NPCs, but now, oh, that's the NPC I get to play when they when they go out. Mm-hmm. I don't want no. I don't want him to get. <laughs> I don't want him to die. In even maybe an even closer attachment. It's interesting that when you do the the, I I played in a, a small number of uh, Songs of Ice and Fire sessions, right. Um, and the very first session we played, we'd made all our characters and all our connections. It's a great character gen system. Um, then the first one we played, the GM put those aside and gave us all NP- gave us all characters, like pre-gens. Uh-huh. And we played a scenario that basically set up the story for what our PCs were going to do. That's really cool. And one of us survived. Only one of the NP- uh, the player, the characters we played mm. survived and then became, basically when we started the real campaign... That character came straggling into our our, our court. He didn't go to a wedding, did he? Because that's the no, worst thing no, you no, want no, to no, do. Never go to a wedding. Never go to a wedding. But basically, uh, it was a little town on on the coast that had been raided by by iron, right? But and then they and they were like, oh, and I I didn't know anything about the world at right. all. And ba- he said, well, they're kind of basically sort of like piratey Vikings, I get like he's trying to describe it something I would understand. Okay, great. Um, oh, Iron Kingdom. Yeah, Iron Kingdom. Yeah, yeah. And they came in, and so like there's just like murder and mayhem and you know death and destruction. The whole thing, and they come in, and this one person lives out of it, and we got to understand the system, what it was, had a super deep connection to the world immediately, and then that person came in. And, and that tied. was like, that was here's the, the problem, here's and that the was a tie. And immediately, we're all in. Cause you, and you already knew what happened. You're like, we, we lived that. Right, we lived that, so we're in on, the, on that. But then because this, then when the GM played that character as an NPC now, we had this super deep connection to that character. I'm already. doing that. I love that. I so love that cool. idea. I so love cool. that idea. Rather than you just saying, a guy, you know, you're having a party, and a guy bursts in and, and with his tale of woe, and you're like, why should we care? Right, in right. fact, it's funny you just said that, um... Uh, in the chat room, somebody, I think if you'd scroll up a little bit, somebody was saying, like, what I really hate is when somebody comes into a bar. Where is that? 
That's it, though. I mean, that's a classic example. Somebody staggers into a bar, and, and you know, they're, they're like, you got to help down, us. Down, you got to help us. The other way? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The other way now? Too far? Yeah, I think it's too far. We're, we're scrolling in the chat room. I made it big. <laughs> there, right there. Oh, um, Ogre Kurt. I wish last time I tried anything other than hack and slash on my group. It went something like, a guy runs into the bar screaming for help. Player one. I put out my rifle and I shoot him in the face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's the whole thing. Like you would never even think to do that if you were like, "Oh shit, I totally out of context, like out of meta, like almost metagamey." But you, but metagaming, you're encouraging, right? Right? Like, oh, oh god, I I, I kind of already know as a player that whole character's backstory. I can't wait to now with my character dig into that, right? And you don't need to explain what, what, how tragic it was. You can just say, so he explains to you how tragic the situation was. You're like, we all know that, right? It's, it's already cut out, like, hours of exposition mm-hmm. on the GM's part. All right. Thank Love you, that. Stephen. Uh, tracking role-playing between sessions, Clockwork Monk. Is it back to me? Yep. Or is, okay. Uh, Dear Stu and Saturday Morning Douche Crew. Oh, dude, we so need an animated cartoon. We do. We need, at, <laughs> least, at least a splash page. Crew. Yeah. <laughs> and a theme. We do a theme. I want to do that. Who wrote music? Clockwork Monk from New York here. Last time I wrote in, I said I was just starting a new D and D five E game. Happy to report the game is still going strong, and oh dear lord, my players are dedicated. I mean, and this is bold, super dedicated. Uh, we've got a really fun story going on. My players love their characters. I love them all too, even if they're murderous sociopaths. <laughs> They all. <laughs> Who doesn't love a murderous sociopath? Exactly. Uh, they're doing very intense role play between sessions, and it's absolutely amazing to watch. <laughs> Here's my problem, though. The off-table RP is going on in many, many different places. There are a couple of Facebook Messenger conversations running at the same time as different Gmail threads, all of them taking place in different locations at different times with different PCs and NPCs involved. Some of them are signing on to Hangouts to chat in character while I'm not around. I come to you (laughs) with this question. That's unique. That's awesome. How can I best keep track of all the RP that's going on between sessions? I considered popping, popping a forum... Uh, up on the Obsidian Portal page, but it's $40 to upgrade to the Ascendant member tier to gain access to forums. Meanwhile, forcing them to operate in a single medium seems way too limiting. What can I do to introduce some semblance of order to this chaos? Thanks, and of course, take a drink! Clockwork Monk, P.S. Seriously, let me let me know if any of you guys uh, ever <laughs> roll through New York City. I'll buy you a round of drinks. PPS, you guys should consider taking talking about gourmet coffee instead of beer if you're switching to a Saturday morning full time. I drink decaf, so it don't matter what I drink. I dr- I drink some swanky coffee. Okay. I'll I'll bring I you had, some shit. I had a I have to Starbucks decaf. lime cooler refresher. <laughs> you, I had the uh, I had the Pikes place, which is a good Pikes morning place. Is good. It's very nice. It's good. Um, but yeah, I have I we we I used to for a year we got the coffee of the month club Ooh, that would send right. you two. Like bean coffees and tell you where they're from and all kinds of crazy stuff. Cool. And uh, I would just chew the beans. I like so I it. like Pete's. Um, I have had Major Dickinson's blend on the way to take Gina yep. to work this morning. Very nice. So, being, being so did Gina have? Did you give her Major Dickinson's <laughs> <laughs> on the way in, or did you have some Dickens cider? <laughs> Hot Dickens Hot cider Dickens is the cider. best cider you can get. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Lokio on the forum. Dear Stu, my group role plays too much. 
what do? <laughs> um, I don't think that he has a problem they roleplay too much. It's that he can't it. track all this uh, roleplay. Actually, I, I have a thought for him. Uh-huh. Um, if you can say one note, I'm going to club you like a harp seal. <laughs> <laughs> let them do, let them do their, their thing wherever they want to do it. However, especially if they're going to do it when you're not there, one of if they want it to be become canon for the game, one or the other of them, don't care which, has to take a transcript of whatever this interaction is and put it into a common document well, location. Okay, wait a minute. Why? If it's between PCs, why did why did why did why does the GM have to even know about it? If they if they don't care if it's if they don't want it to be canon, who cares? No, whatever. Well, let I mean, them, let them go. Uh, they, but if they want it to become part of the history okay. of the game, but wait a second. If two player characters have a conversation, does that mean that conversation didn't take place if they don't? Keep track of it. Well, I don't understand. I mean, player to PC to NPC. Obviously, the GM is involved in that, and if he wants to have a record of that, yeah. But if if it doesn't if it doesn't matter to the the canon of the overall story, whatever, carry on. You guys have a good time. It, knock yourselves out. I, I'm trying to. I, I don't think how they're how two player characters having a conversation is going to change canon per se. But if unless it interacts with other with well, NPCs. You know, you know what I mean? I do, I do, and I see your point. But if what they're doing is something that's going to have bearing on the overall story, and I'm not sure how that would... I, I, I don't know. See, that's but that's his general question. He's asking, what can he do to keep track of all the role-playing that's going on? So he obviously well, wants to keep track. I personally think of the stuff that, you're, that, the, that the player is between player characters, won't worry about it. That's between them. If they want to say, "Hey, we've already had a conversation about this. We've decided what we're going to do in this situation." So, le- so let me let me. I'll bring this up okay. in in the yet to be posted fifth session of Eldamy. Uh huh. The event that happens near the very end of the session with my character. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Right. There okay. you go. Uh, with my character, <laughs> no idea what that means. Yeah. See exactly <laughs> with my character. Um, I, while you were talking with, I think, Bruce. Right. Right, or Bruce and Chris or something. like They were, like, doing their thing. Because right. for whatever reason, I don't want to say there's blatant racism, but the humans always get way more mic time than the orcs. <laughs> um, that is the, not true. <laughs> <laughs> well, in you know, um, privately. Anyway, uh, maybe it's because it's Bruce being sneaky. Anyhow, I, out in your kitchen, had a big conversation character to character with Tyler. With Crush, right? With Crush, right? So the paladin is talking with the shaman about a religious question, right? Which led me to the act, to, led me to part of the actions which I then took. Okay, so back you're talking in about front the, of you assu- world assumptions that two PCs might make. That okay? Now I'm starting to understand why. See, because okay. and so we that makes sense now, and that's why. So like, and I said it. Um, like when I came back in, I said, "This is this thing I'm going to do. I've already talked with Crush about this." Right. right, right, and you were like, "Okay, right," you know. Right now, and it, if you want to, but if you want to add that conversation right. as part of this is now the story, the the story of the game. I think you let them do it wherever they want to do it, but it's on one of them to say, "I'm going to take the transcript of this conversation. I'm going to add it to a common location, or at least a summary, or, or at least a summary, <laughs> so that 
this becomes part of the the living document of the game. So if 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 that conversation resulted in some sort of improvisation where you are making assumptions about the world, like if a conversation, and we're going to make something up that's now going to become part of the world, right? So like a, a religious conversation between the orc right. paladin and the orc cleric, and they start shaman. Basically, he prefers shaman. to be called a shaman. Shaman, and they, and they're they're basically <laughs> expanding on it and, and determining what what the Grumpsh religion is, right? Yes, that I, then I can say, okay, yeah, I would like to... I don't even have to have buy-off on it. I just want to know. Right. Yeah. Now, so it, when it happens, happened to be basically a, a deeper discussion and confirmation of what had already happened on camera, if you will. Right. Right? So that was fine. But I think that is an area where, as a GM, I would want to know that. Again, not because I want to control it. I just want to know. I want to know, so then I can use that Right. As okay. part of the canon part of, the of the world. world. Yes, that part I get. of the canon okay. of the world. Now, yeah. now I got it. Um, and, and, now, if it's two PCs talking about what they had for lunch, whatever. Right. <laughs> Carry on. Have a good time. Um, if it's two PCs talking about what their PCs did, you know, after the lights went out, I don't want to know. Sure. <laughs> right. Now, my suggestion for keep organizing this stuff, you could get a pro- if you like, if you guys are good with forums, you can get. What do we use? Pro boards. Mm-hmm. Pro mm-hmm. Google Plus, make a Google Plus group yeah. for your for your game, um, and then just you know add it to the discussion. The, the the reason I was suggesting Pro Boards, first off, it's free. Right, you can just set something up for your group. Um, they can, it's an, a forum is a natural thing to have a discussion in, so it might encourage them to do some of that stuff in there, possibly. Uh, and that also gives you a centralized place. So if like they do do a Google Hangout or something, they can go in and they can just post a quick thing. And that way, you've got something that you have access to. That everyone can have access to. Yeah. Um, and maybe you can kind of can encourage them to use that, or it, Google Plus would work as well. But I'm just saying forums. If if they want to start having conversations in it, Google Plus. When two people are editing an, editing a document in Google Plus at the same time, that shit goes slow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was gonna. I was gonna suggest the same thing. It's like set up a forum or something. I was gonna ask you if Pro Boards was free or not because it it, it'll allow you to. You could open up different folders so that the players could have you know players only, no GMs allowed. You could have GM players allowed, and they can and you can cross reference stuff. I think it would make an organization easier. He says he doesn't want to be restricted to just one medium. I went out. Right. I'm I'm taking him out of context. That was kind of why I went down the road of let them do it where they want to do it. Sure. And then just here's the. As an example, here's the Google Plus group, and here's the discussion. You guys do what you're going to do over there, but when you're done, one of you take a, a capture the the conversation or write up a summary or something and put it here. Yeah, he mm-hmm. says. Uh, let me say directly, so I'm not misquoting. Meanwhile, forcing them to operate in a single medium seems way too limiting. Yeah. But unfortunately, in order to to make some semblance of this chaos, you're going to have to put things in one place. Right. Or or like Stu said, if, if people are doing if they're doing this wherever they want to do it, however they want to do it. If if you as the GM want a synopsis, if not a transcript, just say like, okay, you guys do whatever, but I need to, like just tell me what it was you taught. Like, right. You could have them report back to you. Yeah. They can do it however they want to do like, it. If you decide you want to assassinate the king, that's fine. Just let me know so I can stat up the king. So I can be ready <laughs> for you, right. and and we can you know turn the game mm-hmm. in the direction that you guys are going with it. So right. Munt, Munt Jack mentioned in the in the forum, he said if they're planning something that needs the GM's approval, then yeah, bring it. Otherwise, let them be. Right. I think right. that's that's the thing, is if it... If it's going to impact the game right. somehow, or it's going to alter something about the game, like we're now going to lay out what this 
aspect of orc orcish religion is that now becomes a thing in the game sure the that has to be communicated with the gm somehow right see if it's that that i understand now if it's a conversation just between the two characters or if they're plotting something i kind of don't want to know mm-hmm. i mean in, like in the traveler game i there was all kinds of cross talk the one i ran that lasted like three sessions there was all kinds of crosstalk between players. I have no idea what got said by anyone or who was planning to do what. We'll never know now. But um, and it, even in the L five R game, I got dismissed from the room. Yeah, <laughs> a couple of times. We want you to leave, and I left, and I never even listened to the recording. I don't I have no idea what you guys said because I left the recording running and I went outside. Yeah, but I I like being surprised. <laughs> <laughs> I it's do too. exciting. I, I, yeah, I do like too. it when the when the players so surprise me and come up with things. As a that player, I, I like to surprise the GMs. I love to like, you know, okay, we're going to make a loud noise and cause the avalanche to fall on your army. Oh, man, brilliant. Didn't think about it. Cool. You know, right. I loved it when the yeah. GM is shocked. I, and, 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 and I I don't, I mean, if I don't need to know it, I, I kind of don't want to know it. I got too much Although, in my head anyway. And and you might subconsciously prepare for it. Oh, they all right. have umbrellas, so the avalanche doesn't affect them. Know, something. <laughs> Giant rock propellant, right? Propelling acne, anti avalanche, umbrella, <laughs> umbrella, umbrellas, bumper shoot. All right, bumper shoot. Yes. I have bumper shoot. I have a lot of mixing to do, so I think we should call it now. Okay, we we'll save this one for the for the next. Uh, oh, we got more. Oh, yeah, we got one more. Is there? No, that's the front, oh, that's front page. <laughs> You're starting over. I'm right. starting over. I'm having so much fun. I'm starting right. over. All right, oh, environmental it. hazards. Let's do that one. That's oh wait, yeah. everything's out of order now. I can't believe what's going on. There it is. So, uh, you dress in the manner of a male prostitute. No, you don't know it. No, you used it the other day, and we couldn't remember what it was from. Mystery Man. Mystery. Man. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's it's the Phoenix or no? What's what's no? The Sphinx. The Sphinx. The Sphinx. Sphinx. The Sphinx. I love the Sphinx. God damn him. What's his name? The actor's name? Uh, are you getting the Blue Raja and the Sphinx mixed up? No, that's the Sphinx. I, he's a, a character actor who's been around like in yeah, everything. I, I but I don't, don't know his name. his name. I'm sorry. The guy's awesome. Yes. You just say things and then say it backwards. That's not a power. If you do not embrace your fear, your fear, fear will embrace, embrace you. you. <laughs> that's what you're going to say, right? <laughs> Not necessarily. <laughs> I love that. I love that guy. That is like one of the greatest underrated movies ever. I love that movie. I, I hated it the that. first time I saw it. Really? And then I watched it again. I'm like, oh, okay, that's pretty. Funny. Oh, <laughs> just standing on top of the car, <laughs> trying to pry the <laughs> emblem off of it. <laughs> God, it's so good. Oh, I love it. I shovel, but I shovel, shovel well. Shovel well. God has given me a gift. <laughs> the shoveler. Wes Studi. That's the guy's name. Yes, Wes Studi. Okay. Is that really who played that? I thought Wes Studi was younger. No, I guess maybe not. He's one of, like, the... For a while, Wes Studi was one of the three American Indian actors in Hollywood. Yeah. Right. Um, But, yeah, he's great. All right, I'm going to call it. Cool. See if it works. Oh, I don't hear the Russian Imperial March. Ah! When listeners of Happy Jacks are... Thank you for joining us for Season 14, Episode 6 of Happy Jack's RPG Podcast. My name is Stu. This is Doug. This is... 
This is Stork. Yo soy Guillermo. <laughs> and uh, don't forget, uh, we'll be at Strategicon the 13th through the 16th. Correct. Right. Sure. Yep. Right over February. Valentine's Day, because geeks don't have wives or girlfriends. That's right. There we go. Uh, thank you for joining us, and don't forget, for join us, don't forget to join us live uh, next Saturday at 11 a.m. Pacific time at happyjacks.org slash live. And email us at happyjacks or, or happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. Thank you. We'll leave you with a song. Bum, 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 bum.